Welcome to Frasier, the Frasier Rewatch Podcast. My name is Adrian Lara. I co-host this show with Greg Catapodi, who is a huge fan of Frasier. This guy has seen every episode multiple times, while me, on the other hand, am a newbie. I'm a relatively unfamiliar with Frasier. I knew of it, but never really got into it. So I am seeing every episode for the first time. Let's do this. I am Greg Caterpillar. And I am Adrian Lara. And this is Frasier, the Frasier Rewatch Podcast. And this is Season 1, Episode 4, I Hate Frasier Crane. Great name for not only the show, just my, my overall thoughts on the character. He's an unlikable character. Why wouldn't everyone dislike Frasier? That is insane. That is absolutely insane. You the show opens up with the king of the recurring bits in Frasier. Eddie's staring. The question always comes up, what does Eddie think of Frasier? He's clearly fixed on him. He right. can't stop staring. Really, it's probably something simple. It's like, that haircut, man. <laughs> Eddie's thinking, you made this choice. Right. What do you mean? I just go into my same guy. I want a four on the top and a three on the sides. I've been doing this for 25 years. You're on the radio, buddy. <laughs> no one cares what you look like. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, he does have the uh, mid-90s mane. It's the half mullet, no business, just party. <laughs> Eddie's thinking, why are you dressed up? Why are you wearing a suit? You're not at work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This isn't a manor. You don't have servants, oh, except for the one. You shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, it's like legitimately confusing Eddie. He just doesn't even understand. He comes from this working class background <laughs> with his previous right. owner, Martins. Eddie is a very simple dog. Before he retired, <laughs> he uh, worked in a steel mill. <laughs> yeah, he's know, a working class dog. He's a working class dog. You know, he was more of a jeans and t-shirt kind of guy. And now this asshole wears a suit all the time. Why are you wearing your cage, man? <laughs> 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 Eddie was president of his uh, pipe fitters union. That was the only time you could get him in a suit when he was negotiating with management. Yeah. Now he's living with management. <laughs> that's that's how he looks. He's like, oh. <laughs> why'd you have to hire a scab? Yeah. I love that. Why are you wearing a cage, man? <laughs> in your free time, do you go and put yourself in lockup? <laughs> Is that how you have your fun? Do you punch your time card when you're reading Crane? <laughs> yeah. He's just Dandy. screaming at him the entire time. Who are you looking at, college boy? <laughs> if we were in prison right now, you'd be my bitch. <laughs> so Martin is researching an old police file, and he just very casually mentions this old file I could never figure out. Uh, just your standard cold case about a hooker, murderer, you know. He just mentions it so casually, mm -hmm. out of nowhere. He, there's no real warm-up to the conversation. Right. He just says, yeah, <laughs> like, hooker, murderer. Right. Like, <laughs> whoa, what? Yeah, or, like, Daphne walks in, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, hey, you want to see a dead hooker? <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's like, uh, maybe I have a bit of coffee uh, first. I'm, um, I'm sorry, I'm doing <laughs> Laundry right now, Mr. Crane. No, check it out. This dude made a collage. Oh, I just got up. Is there any way I could just, you know, wash my face Daphne, first? you work for me. Sit down. I want to show you some photos. Uh, okay, Martin. Uh, just let me. I was going to run to the loop. Sit down. I'm sitting. Now, look at this. This is a bowling bag. He basically dismembered her and put her into this entire... Look at the size of this thing. You wouldn't think you'd be able to get an entire human body into this. Oh my god, it's a good thing I haven't eaten breakfast yet. That's <laughs> disgusting, it is. Daphne, you just will never get me. 
<laughs> and scene. <laughs> yeah, but that's he just comes out of nowhere. Bam, dead hooker. Right. So the only way this would be like worse, he's eating like a sloppy Joe. <laughs> Daphne, you want to see this dead hooker? Oh, um, well, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's really something I'd be interested in. I, I don't, I don't know if that's really. No, it's great. I mean, she's like kind of dripping all over like my sandwich here. Look at this. Oh, oh sir, please. No, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty inappropriate. I don't, I don't No, know. you want to see a different one? I got like five. Oh, why do you have so many? They just give out files at the precinct. They said like, hey, you got any old dead hooker files? They're like, sure, for you, Marty. How many of these files do you have? That seems really, why would you need more than one? I've lost count. <laughs> But yeah, that's how casual he is. He's right. might as well be eating a sandwich while talking. You know, uh, the reason I like I like the, this dead hooker case is because it reminds me of pimento cheese. <laughs> you know, just spreadable, just back and forth like a cracker. It gets into every single crevice. You can just push it down; it's everywhere. It just seeps into the. It's you know, blood in the soil, blood in the root. What yeah. was I talking about, Daphne? <laughs> <laughs> so it's not even just like dead hooker would have been enough. Right. But he went on to say she would chop them up. You wouldn't think a right. dead hooker would fit into a bowling bag. But it does. Right. I'm, maybe I'm getting caught up on the, the details of that, but I don't think an entire person would fit into a bowling oh, bag. Oh, I bet if you wanted to, it could. <laughs> it would have to be a pretty tiny person. Well, it's it, we're 95% water, right? Oh, okay. So yeah, if you, if you wring that person out. Right. Okay, well, I mean, if you're to debone. Yeah, you, yeah, if you take the bones out of person. <laughs> <If> you, <laughs> well, I would love that that game. Daphne just can't get her mind around. I don't understand. So <laughs> how, how could an entire person fit inside <laughs> like, a tiny bowling bag? Like he's got it all sketched out. Well, I thought about that too. But you see... <laughs> A bowling bag isn't much bigger than a woman's person, yeah. is it? You need a big, strong deboning knife. Oh, and no, I take out a person's bones. No, you just start at the spine like a fish. You just go right down the middle. Oh, that's quite disturbing, sir. Daphne, we have to be on the same page, okay? I like to look at dead hookers. <laughs> If you're going to work for me. <laughs> We're still my first week, so I'm getting used to your, your patterns. <laughs> well, what a first week for Dad. Yeah. <laughs> what a week. It's Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got the return of uh, a Maris. Will we ever see Maris, the person? We, uh, we find out she's, you know, collapsed into a depressive funk again. She had a, a run-in with directory assistance. Yeah, and the joke was uh, maybe we could. there's someone she could talk to. Niles goes, she's already talked to everyone. That's why she was talking to directory assistance. Which is so crazy because they are in the psychiatric community, Niles and Fraser. So Maris has been blacklisted from going in and getting any kind of psychiatric <laughs> treatment. Like, I'm, how messed up is she? I'm, I'm imagining these, these phone calls. Uh, yes, uh, Dr. Klein's office, I'd like to set up an appointment. Oh, excellent. Pay in full for 12 sessions. Excellent. Your full rate. This is Dr. Niles Crane. The patient I'm making an appointment for is Maris Crane. Click. Receiver, <laughs> receiver hangs up. Or, or Mary. <laughs> Click. <laughs> <laughs> it's got, that like, bad she got her photo or just a description of her like warning this woman has 12 legs <laughs> do not help this woman she is untreatable yeah they've got a picture like they have at the post office of most wanted people <laughs> <laughs> it's just some sort of spiraling mass <laughs> if this woman arrives for treatment it's already too late <laughs> <laughs> right. if you've seen marish you're already dead yeah <laughs> niles is just ogling daphne just staring at her. classic move classic move classic really stalker type <laughs> behavior this 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 worked on maris 
yeah, that's how he got her, just hiding yeah. behind the bushes. It's very simple. You just stare at her, and then you follow her out to the parking lot. Then you uh, keep a three-car distance behind her on her way home. Then you note where her address is. You hire a private investigator <laughs> to find out her whereabouts, find out what she likes. Then, then you, uh, you hit her father with a car, and you're first on the scene. And you're a doctor. How helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Did someone call for a doctor? Well, this is good fortune. Well, I'd love to follow up with to see how your father's doing. That's just and your what I name. Do. And your name is. I already know. <laughs> the crux of the episode, now that we've deconstructed all of this other crap, is I hate Fraser Crane. He's getting roasted by some dickhead, some Seattle guy that's right has a column. He writes a column. He just says he hates Fraser Crane. Please. And Frazier wants everyone to know he is not mad about this, okay? He's very not mad. He is so not mad, he has spent 35 minutes at the end of his radio show talking about this, but he's not mad. He's this handling this rationally, okay? It's how I would deal with it if I had a bully pulpit. I would rant at the city of Dallas for 30 minutes if I felt personally insulted. It's only rational. He's not mad. Yeah, he's, he's not he's mad. Not, this Frazier's move anytime he gets upset right. at something. He gets worked up. He's just, I'm just trying to heal this city. I heal this city. I heal this city with thought control. That might be a good, like, bumper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand. Uh, Dr. Crane, I understand that you are upset about quality of the furniture that you ordered. I am not mad. You are mistaken, sir. You are mistaken. You are putting words into my mouth. I am not mad. I'm merely critiquing the quality of the reproduction. I am not mad. I'm merely critiquing that I spent over $2,000 on this Frank Lloyd Wright reproduction chair, and I am not an artist, not an architect, someone merely with a discerning eye for craftsmanship, can see that this is clearly based off of the 1947 version of the chair and not the 1945 version of the chair, which I ordered. I'm not mad. <laughs> Great. As long as you're not mad. <laughs> he was hanging out with, with Frazier and Roz, and Roz was insistent that they had met before. Uh, Niles was like, no, we haven't. He was just like, I'm too successful to feel awkward. Who are you? That's an amazing character trait. His ego, I am too successful right. to feel awkward. I'm, I'm just going to admit, I don't remember who you are. Mm -hmm. Where have we met? Roz, if you were worth knowing, I would have remembered you. You were just, <laughs> oh, now I know who you are. I put you into the dimwit co-worker of my brother bucket, so I, we have met. I I'm surprised I have not gotten an apology yet, Roz. You should say, I am sorry, I am not more memorable. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Roz, do you remember the vagrant's name that asked you for money at the Starbucks? Roz, do you remember a cricket that passes you by <laughs> in the evening? No, you don't. Roz, do you remember the child you killed in Vietnam? <laughs> no. Of course you don't. Again, to the class thing, Roz is that. She's the help. Roz, do you remember your butler's name? <laughs> do you remember your driver's name? Do you know if they have children or health insurance <laughs> or diabetes? <laughs> no, you do not. Do they have all of their teeth? Do they have scurvy? This is above your concern. <laughs> this is the issue. Niles is seemingly in love with Daphne. Can't take his eyes off of her. Right. And then there's Roz, who's also an attractive woman. Attractive, but he's like, 
What's your fucking name? Yeah, he can't remember her for some reason. This is the confusing part. If we're mm-hmm. going to be like pigs about this, right. oh, she's a six, she's a seven, whatever. They're in the same. If anything, Roz is a level above right. what Daphne is. I do. Yeah, Roz is a little more attractive. Right. Daphne's still attractive. The reaction to be him smitten with Daphne and like, who is this gutter woman? With Roz is very jarring. Yeah, it doesn't make any any sense. If Niles is so amazed by one woman, the only difference I can see is that one woman is British, and that's his type. Like a type, not in oh, a romantic type or a dating type, but in like a criminal profile type. <laughs> this is a forensic investigation, and the lines are all going into this one man. Okay, we've run a we've run a, a psychiatric evaluation of the uh, suspect. I was like, here's what we got, boys. Oh, we've got a man out here killing young British women. Twenty-five to thirty-five. Brown hair, uh, medium build. Be on the lookout. Okay, this guy's a serial <laughs> bad guy. Serial murderer. Serial murderer. Right. <laughs> All right. I think we might have uh, our suspect. Uh, one of the girls who found out she was going to a therapist by the name of Dr. Niles Crane. Detective, you're way out of line. That is Dr. Niles Crane you're talking about. I'm just okay? going where the, where, it le- where the investigation leads me, sir. He is the prince of Seattle. How dare you, sir? <laughs> it's pouring rain in from a payphone. He's like, posh spice is in Seattle. Posh Spice is in Seattle. Okay, we gotta get a lookout, okay? <laughs> we gotta tail Posh Spice. Cut to Niles Crane from behind with a switchblade <laughs> in the foreground, and then the background is Posh Spice. The serial murderer <laughs> has struck again. He's gotten Posh Spice. <laughs> is approaching a sergeant. Sergeant, I'm telling you, it's Dr. Niles Crane. <laughs> Damn it, detective. Get out of here with that. But sir, you don't understand. Posh Spice visited Dr. Niles Crane for a prescription uh, just earlier that day. I don't see how those two are related. <laughs> You're barking up the wrong trees. I can see like the detective got this flow chart, the mm-hmm. strings. They've got wire going right. every which way leading to Niles mm-hmm. like from England. Every Tuesday he's at this cafe across from the British consulate for three hours and he never orders anything. On like a stakeout <laughs> and having espresso. <laughs> With like a notebook and like a long telephoto lens mm-hmm. camera, just snapping, <laughs> writing in a journal. This is my type. This is my type. Who will I murder next? <laughs> He'd sing about it. People be passing by, like, oh, I'm not familiar with that song. <laughs> like, well, common, common waiter, sir. Of course, it's it's a rich person song. <laughs> like, okay. So Fraser feels insulted. He gets into it with this guy to where eventually it's like, oh yeah, I don't like your tone, Doctor Crane. We're gonna settle this man, the man, down by the schoolyard or the fountain in front of your building, whichever is more convenient. You got it, buddy. Yeah. So Fraser all of a sudden. Mr. Mr. Tough Guy. He wants to fight this guy. And uh, then he's talking to his father, and his father's like, oh, Frazier, I'm so proud of you. You stood up for yourself, and you're going to go fight this guy. And of course, Frazier's like, oh, I'm I'm not going to fight this guy. I just said that on TV. Right. Like hell I am. I mean... Is it an ethical code for him? He says, basically, well, that's not how gentlemen and civilized people resolve their differences. Or is he just a pussy? Who knows? Right, right. You know, whichever. Yeah. But And his father gets tremendously disappointed. And he's like, ah, this is just like uh, having a clarinet lesson. You know, you were getting in this fight with this uh, bully kid at school. And you said you were going to do it. But you had a clarinet lesson. And Frazier's like, but I did have a clarinet lesson. (laughs) Yeah. I love the idea of, like, whenever Frazier has 
has some sort of incident, some right. kind of confrontation. That's his go-to excuse. Uh, Fraser, look, it's not... We know we've tried to work this out, but here are the divorce papers. I can't get divorced. I have a clarinet lesson. <laughs> Fraser, it's your turn to take your son this weekend. Please, he misses you. I have a clarinet lesson. I'm sorry. We've been rescheduling it for 30 years. You know that music is my life. <laughs> no matter what, what the obstacle is. That's his go-to <laughs> excuse. Uh, Mr. Crane, you're hereby uh, summoned to appear before a uh, medical review board for a malpractice hearing. I have a clarinet lesson. <laughs> this critic wanted to fight Frazier. Like, he's right. like, oh, let's meet me outside. Your work at Elm in Maine. Right. right there, there's a water fountain. I'll be the guy wearing the blue <laughs> dress shirt. This is why I got into journalism, so I could beat up radio psychiatrists. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, he's a writer. Uh, like a humorist, let's mm-hmm. say. Now, a humorist is what you are when you are not funny enough to be a comedian. <laughs> so uh, this critic... I think wanted- he... Yeah, he just criticizes people to fight them. Well, this was his literary version of slapping Fraser in the face with his glove, and now Fraser affronted, demands satisfaction, and then it cascades into fisticuffs. Which is exactly what this critic wanted. It's Fraser move. Fraser's getting ready to fight. The crowd is gathered. The mariachi's there. They're playing. <laughs> Children have balloons. People are eating sandwiches. The fight is ready to go. Fraser's father, who was his thing is that he's an honorable blue collar guy. His thing was that Fraser said he was gonna fight, but he's backing down. That's dishonorable. The old fashioned honor, you know, you say you're gonna fight someone, you show up and fight him. But there's a technicality in that you can sucker punch them if you want. Well, because yeah, they said knee him in the groin. By those rules, Martin, hey Fraser, I brought this brick. <laughs> Put it in your back pocket, <laughs> just in case. Yeah, now, like, okay, Fraser. here's how you win a fist fight. You walk up to him, then you wait till his back is turned, and you hit him in the back of the head with a brick. Yeah. I've never been prouder than you, prouder of you than now. You've won a fair fight. <laughs> and Martin's showing up, which is like, all right, here's some broken beer bottles. <laughs> I'm going to wrap your hands in gauze, then dip it in glue, right. then dip it into... <laughs> This broken glass, and you're ready to go. What you want to do is you want to bottle the guy. You want to stab him right in his butthole so he has to get a colostomy bag. (laughs) He'll never look at you again. So Frazier is fighting this behemoth of a man. It's not fair. Luckily for Frazier, the cops arrive. Right. Which I was very suspicious of this. What's going on? This seems like a really cop-out, but cop-out, huh? (laughs) So Pazing. My first thought was that... Zing. My first thought was that Frazier, who didn't want to fight to begin with, called the cops. This is perfect. Oh, I'm like, oh, what a pussy Frazier is. Right. He should just go out and take a beating like a man. That's what his dad would want him to mm-hmm. do. Hey, maybe you got the shit beat out of you, but you stood up for yourself. Congratulations, son. <laughs> and Frazier is all about that. He, When the cop shows I up. I found your tooth. Yeah, I found your tooth. <laughs> Let's go have a beer. <laughs> Let's go to Duke's. Frazier, you're, you're, oh, I'm proud of you, son. <laughs> Let's get that arm set. <laughs> <laughs> the dad's going to brag about this. It's going to be great. And Frazier wants his dad's approval. Dad, did you see me? Dad, did you see me? Oh, my. And this is a great joke. He's like, oh, my heart's racing. My knees feel wobbly. My stomach. I feel great. Let's, I feel great. Let's yeah. get you a little post-fight Valium, okay? <laughs> yeah. But then that was so shocking to learn that Martin's father actually called the cops. He said that. This feeds into the whole fair fight thing. Mm-hmm. There is no fair fight. Martin doesn't. He just wants the, the essence right. of the fight. He wants the... The, uh, the 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 pride, the bragging rights right. to say like he was going to fight somebody. Right. There could have been a fight. 
uh, was uh, because of the clarinet lesson thing, where he was like, ah, 30 years ago, you backed down from a fight, and my uh, precinct friends never let me live it down. And so he says to a cop that breaks up the fight, well, crane boys don't have no clarinet lessons no more. And the cop's like, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, yeah, we didn't work at the same precinct. <laughs> so the whole thing was like, no purpose to that, really. So the father wasn't concerned with Frazier being a man. He was concerned with his reputation, mm -hmm. Martin's reputation in the precinct and the cops. So right. he wanted his fellow boys in blue right. to know that, hey. Crane boys show up to fistfights. Yeah, they do. No justice like crane justice. Again, to this fair fight thing, Martin, what kind of a cop was he if he's doing all, pulling all these strings? Because <laughs> he's set up to be, not just this episode, but the series, honor, family, mm -hmm. country, honesty. And yet he's okay with these non-fair fight right. moves. Was he even a good cop? Did he care about honesty? Was he like over here taking bribes? How did? So I'm assuming Frazier, um, by his character, mm -hmm. he is, he went to private school. He went to these Ivy Leagues. Mm -hmm. How did he afford this? The most we know is that you know his father's a cop so that's uh you know so how did the, yeah how did the father afford to send frazier to these ivy league schools well, and these prep schools the old-fashioned way you shake down a drug dealer down <laughs> by the docks mm -hmm. the old drop an envelope thank you officer a couple of hundred in, a, in the handshake goes down to the deli orders the uh, ham sandwich with extra pork mm -hmm. gets it goes into a squad car opens up the sandwich there's an envelope with a wad of hundreds in it type of guy hey you gotta bribe people that's the way it works in this business. Someday my sons are going to be eating caviar. They're going to be smart, real doctors. <laughs> not, not fake doctors like those guys I shake down. They're going to be operating on people, not animals and people on the side. Real doctors. You know, not like unlicensed country uh, doctors. You not know. like unlicensed real veterinarians. <laughs> when someone gets shot, you take them to see the hey, veterinarian. We can't take you to the real vet. We got to go to the crime vet. Trust me, I'm Martin Crane. <laughs> I know how this city runs. We're going to stop by, get a payout from Big Tony, <laughs> G-Money, go by, get that bullet shrapnel out of your arm from veterinarian Lebowski, <laughs> and then we're going to go have a couple of steaks at Duke's. <laughs> Roll that guy up into an oversized classic 1950s sedan and drive him off to City Pet Hospital. I know an off-the-books guy. That he usually uh, castrates dogs, but he can handle people bullets pretty well. That's how we do it. That's the <laughs> Seattle way. That's the Seattle way. Yeah, that's the last scene we see over the credits Eddie staring at a photograph framed of Frazier. By the way, what kind of an egomaniac has a framed picture of themselves? He's single. There's no family. Mm -hmm. There's no picture of him and Niles and his daughter or Maris right. if she exists. If a photo can actually if her body actually interacts with light. <laughs> yeah. When she looks into a mirror you just see a, a hazy glow. <laughs> I've never met a person that had a framed photograph of themselves right. on display but Dr. Frazier Crane does. Mm -hmm. And this was wasn't just a regular photo. This was like a glam photo of him. This was a headshot of him on display in his own home. You figure that's maybe that's his move. You know, people are like, <laughs> people might talk about a painting you have on the wall. Mm -hmm. Someone notices the picture. Oh, you like that? You know, I got an autographed copy over here. <laughs> Let me just open up my closet where I have thousands of, I'm going to autograph this to you. No, you like it so much. Someone's like, uh, no, I really was just here to deliver you this package from UPS. Do you like that photo? <laughs> Do you recognize that person? Do you know who that is? That's me. <laughs> UPS guy is like, oh, okay. Are you like an actor or something? You have like this frame photo? Uh, have you heard of you, the Fraser Crane show? Do you have ears? <laughs> do you like them to be delighted? I'm Dr. Fraser Crane, and I'm listening. <laughs>
And I'm not hearing you asking for an autograph. I would just love to have an interaction where someone does not know Fraser and he's got to sell himself right. to them. Uh, no, I, I, uh, I'm I, just lonely UPS driver. I usually listen to classic rock on look, my way in. I don't really... Look, I have a headshot, okay? <laughs> Why would I have, have a headshot if I weren't famous? Okay, uh, right, right on. I, I, I get it, sir. I don't, I don't you should have to... heard of me. Um, I can't drop this package off. Until I am Dr. Fraser Crane. I heal this city. I heal this city with mind control. Uh, sir, I just need your signature on this keypad to just so I can deliver Look, the rest I of I will package. sign that, but we're going down to your truck. KLC, we're going to change my radio station to one of your presets just to make it easier for you to listen to me. You have to promise me you will listen to my show. It's 2 o'clock to 5. You know what, sir? If that's what's going to take for you to sign this package, then fine. Let's Let's go down right now. All right. Uh, I'm still not signing for this. <laughs> this is for this is for my maid. UPS driver walks away. You're like, God damn, I hate these fucking high rises. <laughs> Every day I got to deal with these yuppie assholes. And scene. And scene. Well, I have been Greg Catapody. And I have been Adrian Laura. And this has been Prazier. Thanks for listening. Hey, listeners. Did you know that starting with episode three, we offer premium episodes on Patreon? What? Are you telling me, Adrian, that I can get twice the comedy by going to Patreon and signing up for the Praise Your Premium service? Yes, I am, Adrian. You're a genius. Thanks, Adrian. So guys, stop wasting time. Just click the link in the description below to sign up for our premium episodes. Do it.